Previously on Nerd Punches Nerd. Oh, I mean, there's, I there's a lot to talk about with Arrival, especially with the time travel and, you know, how it works and the, you know. Alright, fuck you guys. It's uh, Arrival's number three. Alright, okay. okay. Be happy. <laughs> yeah. Hello and welcome to Nerd Punches Nerd, the only podcast where a bunch of nerds pretend to physically fight over minor pop culture minutia. I'm Jeremy, here with Benji and Sam, and a godly morning to you guys. Ooh, a goodly morning to you, sir. <laughs> godly morning to you. So today we're going to be t- you know, discussing and cussing over American gods and various you know, fantasy fatigue overload. But before we get started, I have a simple question, which is, if you could go on a road trip with any god in America, just like drive around or whatever, who would be the worst god and who would be the best god? What's well, a road trip meaning? So you said just driving around. You should be clear. Road trip means when you're going extended trip. Yeah. So on now, like a long trip, okay? Yes. And they're gonna have to be your companion in the right. car. Yeah. Right. Right. That's correct. On said road. All right. So, I think we'll uh, just go around the horn. We'll go Sam, Benji, then me. All right, so, Sam? All right. Very good. Okay, so, um, number one god to go on a road trip with is, for me, Jesus. I know, kind of unexpected, right? Controversial choice here, but, but hear me out. Hear me out, right? Jesus is, like, a really, like, laid-back, cool guy, right? Easy to get along with. Um, he's fun. He turns water into wine, you know, mm-hmm. I just think mm-hmm. like, you know, like that would that would be like a really fun trip. Mm-hmm. So I guess Jesus he'd forgive you. For he'd like forgive like if you like mess up something, he's like it's all yeah, good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, he's he's, he's like, very he's, forgiving and loving. Yeah. You know, he would never get <laughs> mad at you or anything. He's just, you know, he's and like of course he, you know, like if he's always gonna like turn the other cheek. So like it's just I just imagine him being like the perfect uh, road companion. Mm-hmm. Um. Is he so. is he gonna is he gonna die at the end of the road trip for your sins? Is that <laughs> is he, you're forgetting about that twist. Yeah. Well, that that could be good too, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it um, all works out for you, but it doesn't work out for yeah, Jesus, yeah. which I guess is the whole point. <laughs> that is the point. Um. All right. Good. So that's one. And um. Okay. And and get the god that I would least want to go on a road trip with is Zeus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, oh, nice. Zeus is. is He's kind of an asshole. He's like always like bossing people around. He would be like the worst backseat driver, you know. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and like also, he would be trying to hit on every single woman that you passed on the entire trip. Like just constantly like stopping to be like trying to have sex with like this woman and that woman. And like that would just be awful. You would just be constantly like holding up in like motels. You would be sexiled. Like just awful. So I'm yelling out the passenger side. <laughs> Yes, 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 <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> so, that's, those are my choices. Um, best road trip companion god, Jesus. Je- Jesus is my co-pilot. Um, worst road trip <laughs> companion god is Zeus. Nice. But who, who has a better beard? You see, that's the, that's the real question. <laughs> so. I think he doesn't. Oh, yeah. Zeus. I think Zeus has a better beard. <laughs> oh, he yeah, can't. Yeah. Also, like, Lord, Lord would be like, well, I clearly have a better beard. Who's this Jesus guy? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Mr. Benj? 
Okay, so best, I think Apollo. I think mm. Apollo. Here's the thing. Apollo mm. is, a, is a road warrior. He knows what he's doing, okay? I think he knows how to talk. I think he's been on, he's one of those, he's one of those guys who, he, he's been on the road so much, he knows how to have a good road conversation, but also knows when to shut up. He knows what he's doing, he's competent. Like, I think we would, we would switch driving at different times, and, and he also knows first aid. Like, that's the thing. He's also like the, you know, the, the, the he's, he's also a god of medicine, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, you know, if, if anything went down and like, you know, you got, you know, your, your, your car went off the side of the road or something like that, I think he'd know what he's doing. He's just, like, he's just like a competent dude. So, and then he'll, he'd get there on time too. He'd make sure you get there on time without being crazy. Not like Hermes. Cause I first was thinking of Hermes, but Hermes would be a pain in the ass. He'd just be speeding the whole time. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's really true. Like, Hermes, would, Hermes would probably get there safely. He's probably one of those crazy drivers who does get there safely. And, and he and gets himself like, there safely. Yeah. That too. I think he was driving fine. We get the car there. He went to care. He's like, all right, we're done. I'm like, that's yeah. a so shitty trip. Um, but uh, Apollo knows 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 what he's doing. Okay. I think the I think the worst would be, um, and I guess this this is apropos of American Gods, but I think Anansi would be my least favorite. And here's why. I think he I think he'd be playing like like tricks and 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 things like that throughout. But he'd be sort of like acting like oh he's saying all this like funny stuff he would try to play off as being funny but he'd be constantly actually pissing you off right like loki like i just wouldn't get in the car with loki because he's like 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 loki i'd be like oh i know i already know from the movies loki that you uh, the problem is if loki invited you on a on a a road trip you'd be like oh crap is this like a double trick like if i don't go on the road trip that's what he really wants Yeah. I don't know. I would, I would kind of distinguish between like you know the actual Loki and like Tom Hiddleston Loki because I, I think Tom Hiddleston Loki actually would be fun to go on a road trip with. I think you're right. I yeah, think. Are you saying you're just gonna go on a road trip with Tom Hiddleston, Sam? Is that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you, you could. Yeah, di- yeah you could. Yeah, uh, totally would. You could dish about Taylor Swift. Yeah, that doesn't count. All right. Uh, okay. Yeah, no, I just feel like Anansi would actually like like over time, like like when you stop off at a motel, he might do like he might do something to, like the springs in your bed or something. That's yeah, yeah. Him. Like it'll hold up when. I feel watch. like Anansi would just get, basically get you into jams and you'd have a horrible time, and then he'd like trick his way out of it and come out looking great, and you'd just be miserable. So I think. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. at, and at the end of it, yeah, you'd either be dead or you have learned something. And I don't think you really want that from a road trip. Right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I love I love Anansi, the character, but as a road trip companion, yeah. not so much. Okay, so I really thought you might pick Q, but uh, I, I guess... think about that. Oh, yeah, I don't well, think about that either. Well, Q is a god. Uh, I don't think we can really, I mean, argue. I mean, he's clearly a god. So... Yeah. Uh, but I, I picked a kind of a deep cut from the, uh, if you remember Dragonlance, there's a character, oh. there's like a god named, you know, like Rorks, Rorks, and he's basically the god of dwarves. He's the, he's one of the neutral gods, so he's not particularly good or evil, but he's kind of good-hearted if a bit of, you know, not the smartest tool in the shed, as they say. Uh, but, you know, he loves drinking, he loves going on trips and adventures, you know, and, uh, I think he'd be fun. And he wouldn't be like sanctimonious like Aslan. If you he went on a road trip with Aslan, you know, he'd be like, "Oh no, we have to go help out those people." And you're like, Ugh. <laughs> like uh, 
<laughs> right, you know, and <laughs> if you did, they were saying Jesus would be a good, uh, uh, would be a good um, uh, companion, but Aslan would. <laughs> oh no, he'd be awful. Uh, and there are so many terrible choices for like your worst one. I was thinking, you know, like I was thinking maybe like, well, Cthulhu would like if he was with you, it'd be basically the end of the world. So that would be pretty bad. Right. But I guess I was bad. thinking, you know, who would be even worse would be like the Great Other from a uh, Song of Ice and Fire. And just like, because you'd just be bringing like ice and death wherever you went. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what he looks like, but it doesn't really matter. True. <laughs> just like, why is every place just a uh, this? <laughs> this is not the spoilers, Benji. Come on. Uh, I'm just. We're talking about references to the books here. All right. All right. Um, anyway, so let's start talking about this television show now. As we all know. There is this character invented by the you know British authority and this guy named Neil Gaiman. He you know he's not a he's a he's a composite of many different writers working <laughs> to make it seem like there's this one British guy because they basically picked the guy who has the most soothing voice. He was like smart enough to talk about a lot of stuff, but they're like it's like as we all know it you know it's like Neil Gaiman, come on. It's not a real name. <laughs> anyway, and you'll... I, I have heard people pronounce it Gaiman before, but I don't think I've ever heard him actually like like actually pronounce it that way. I, th well, I think it is. He says Gaiman when he talks about himself. Yeah. So sure. I yeah. think that that's probably what we should say. So in in 2001, he came out with the book American Gods, although I didn't read it for a while because I think I didn't get into that. Well. The truth is, I didn't really get into Neil Gaiman until much later anyway, partially because I wasn't getting into comic book-related stuff, and, you know, for whatever reason, I just didn't know about that stuff. And he didn't really start writing fiction until later, for the most part. Right. Uh, I mean, he did, obviously, a bunch of, like, I think, you know, Neverwhere was in 96, and I didn't read that. In 99 was Stardust. Right, although even Neverwhere... I think it started originally as, as a, a radio play. Am I remembering that right? That's sort of right, it, but yeah, it was actually a, it was a miniseries that he wrote. Oh, that's right. It was a miniseries, and then it became a book. Correct. Yeah. Oh, uh, a radio miniseries? No, 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 a television show. Right. It was okay, like so a. So it was a the television miniseries before the book. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean it's it's all right. Uh, I, the um, it's a kind of an interest. You know, it, at the time it, there was a spoken word release when the TV show came out, so that's that may be why you're thinking that it's a radio. It was a radio play first. Mm. Yeah. It's not. It's not like Hitchhiker's Guide where it was actually radio first. Um, but anyway, so I found I got in. I found out about it when you were reading Anansi Boys, Spanish, and. Okay. You know, then I went back to read American Gods, and I, you know, I, I was definitely one of those things where I was like, this is kind of odd, but I definitely liked it a lot. You know, and that's kind of like how I got into that stuff. And then I've read a lot of his crap since then, you know, mm -hmm. as as it is. And, you know, including, you know, I've seen many of his appearances, including, like, the Simpsons thing, obviously. That was really good. Mm -hmm. And it's crazy because that's already six years old by this point. That wow. gaming episode, <laughs> Jesus, like, that's how long the Simpsons have been going on. Is that 
It's been over five years <laughs> since Neil Gaiman's episode. Whenever you think about episode. a recent Simpsons episode, it's always at least like five years ago, maybe ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So, I mean, it's just, it's still going. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. But anyway, the American Gods was a very interesting concept, and, and it was sort of similar in a lot of ways to the whole, you know, Song of Ice and Fire, and it seems like how, you know, it would be very difficult to adapt into something like a movie, which, of course... What's, what's like Song of Ice and Fire? American Gods. Unlike a lot of his other books, like Stardust is a relatively short book, for example. I, I don't see how it's like Song of Ice and Fire. No, no, I'm point. saying in that it would be difficult to adapt to a movie. Okay, yeah. You know, it's very, like, you, you know, it's very confusing in a lot of places, intentionally obtuse. You know, they, there's a lot of weird imagery where, you know, he just doesn't tell you things. Right. And there's a lot of kind of mysteries where some of them are obvious to the reader if you, if you think about it and they're not obvious to the characters, and other things you're just like, oh, how was I that stupid not to think about it? And I think we're all going to be saying we're going to be doing spoilers for the book, right? And I guess for the TV show, too? Sam, yeah, you're, yeah. Sam you're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so in, I, I know that the, the twist that I felt stupid for was the character of low-key, felt like L-O-W, oh, yes. was Lie Smith, <laughs> was... Which was spelled like lie, like the chemical, instead of, you know, I, like the fact that he was Loki, I was like, oh my god, of course. Because I figured out it was Odin pretty early. Basically, as soon as he says, like, oh, Wednesday, that's my day, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah. That's, is that, is, oh, American Gods, maybe it's Odin. And then it was like, oh no, yeah, it's Odin. <laughs> so I, that one I figured out relatively early, but the Loki, I was like, I was, that was a twist I did not see coming. And I was like, oh, wow, all right. Of course, it makes perfect sense, but uh, I think that one of the things that's interesting is he had been trying to get it made sort of off and on for years. But right. one of the things he talked about was like they, you know, people always wanted to really cut out a lot of stuff for a movie. They wanted to have the main character just be a white guy, and he was like, no, you know, he's supposed to be. <laughs> do do actually who the character is, please. <laughs> I'm talking about the main character, Shadow. Uh, Shadow. Yeah, I know. I Shadow. Know. I'm just saying. I'm saying like like he was like like Neil Gaiman was like, yeah. Can you please do who the character actually is? No. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's kind of described as being kind of ethnically ambiguous, mm -hmm. like sort of dark skinned, not white. Right. Clearly not white though. Yeah. Right. Like, so that's very clear. No, exactly. What does that mean? I mean, he never said black explicitly. Uh, and in fact, there's a couple points where he sort of like, it sort of implied that his mom is probably black, but that's about the extent of it. And of course, given what we know, which is that Odin, or at least Mr. Wednesday is his father, that it's, you, know, you can kind of see how that makes sense. And then he doesn't actually know what his background is. Mm -hmm. uh, now, in the show, they're very explicit, obviously, because you can't really get around that. You know, right. very easily. I mean, you can try to cast someone who looks at more ethnically ambiguous, but that's a lot harder. And, and even then, it's going to be like, well, what does that really mean? You know, you can just like, you can just have it just not talk about it. He may not think about it. And if somebody asks, he can just be like, I don't know, maybe, which is essentially what he does in the book. Right. right. He's like, you got any inward blood in your boy? It's like, maybe. <laughs> of course, yeah. in the show, they didn't do that because it doesn't, that would be stupid. Because he obviously right. looks black, so you know if if you know the racist warden asked him that, he'd be like, "No, 
of course not. He's like, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, it, that was already, that was an interesting choice, I thought, that they made in the show, in that they were already starting from a point of, well, we gotta already start thinking about it this way, because when you have that ambiguity, you can kind of play on that a little bit, and make people uncomfortable, and they're sort of not sure, whereas in the show, you kind of can't avoid certain illusions and connections. Like, as we, you know, we've all read the book, so you remember, we remember that there is a part where Shadow essentially hangs himself, although not by the neck, but still, on, you know, the tree that is obviously an allusion to Yggdrasil, the world tree of Norse mythological, yes. you know, yes. lore, to, mm-hmm. to do the same thing. Um, but did you ever finish reading the Norse mythology book by Neil Gaiman, Sam? No. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sam, have you read it? Uh, no, definitely recommend it. It's very good and very interesting. He, you know, he's basically his kind of like retelling of the classic Norse myths with a little bit of his shine on it. Uh, but they're all very good. Um, and I mean, Neil Gaiman is a master. You know, <laughs> he's just amazing. So. Yeah, but he also knows this stuff really well. You know, like he knows like all the Eldorado stuff, and you know, he kind of like he he even in that book he talks about how there's a lot of stories that were lost, and he said like there were references in some of these stories to some of the other stories that mm-hmm. they're like, oh, you know, this is just like the time that Loki did this. And they're like, well, what, what's that story? And we just don't know. Right, right. Because, you know, the problem is it was, our, the Elder Arada was already like a reproduction of like older collected tell, tales from, you know, you know, centuries earlier. And because uh, the truth is the North people didn't really write down their stuff. So we don't really right. have it. There's a lot that's just lost. Um, right. So a lot of this is like transmitted. So we, you know, it's kind of interesting from that. But anyway, one of the points I was saying is like there is this whole thing about Odin, and he kind of says this in the book and the show. He sacrifices himself to himself, right. which is which is a very kind of interesting, meta, clever idea about like a god who's doing who's sacrificing. He's <laughs> like, can you yes. sacrifice anything more than a god? And if you do it to yes. yourself, well, that's interesting, especially because the whole dedicate deaths and everything. So. Yeah, he's. And is, is that how he gets? Is, is, is that the same thing as the story with his eye? Like, or, or like, is he sacrificing himself to himself to get wisdom as well? Yeah, he gets he gets wisdom. He learns a lot of magic, and the eye thing the is eye thing is, is definitely different. For wisdom. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, he basically the eye is for wisdom, right? Give... And, and and I think that was the one that that sort of permeated or percolated more down to um yeah. whatever the word is. To to our cult to our culture where we hear about the eye thing, but yeah. I think the sacrificing self to self was something that really Neil Gaiman sort of brought to the forefront. Yeah. So anyway, the and that's sort of one of the things that Shadow is doing. He sacrifices himself to himself, and he gains more powers and capabilities and strength and wisdom by doing it, by living right. through it. He is essentially sacrificing himself to himself. But of course, once you start having to integrate you know, the image of a black man being hung, it changes a lot of that, and it's not just as simple. Because I know when I first read The American God, I didn't think of him as black. The truth is, I didn't really think of him as anything, but that's that's mainly because I don't really usually think of things. I, I don't visualize what I'm reading that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just how I read. I just don't really think about it like that. I know some people are very uh, visual-heavy. When they think, when they read something, they start picturing things. I don't, I don't know if you guys are like that. You, you know what signs I see you guys? I find this funny. Do you guys remember the Torah cards back in the day? <laughs> you know how they didn't uh, have like like all the features on their faces. 
Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. It was like they would have like their beards, of course. I mean, of course. Uh, of course. Uh, <laughs> okay. Was not gonna have it. Well, I don't know if they had one with motion. They might have. I don't remember everyone they had, but remember, they had, you're, like, talking, the, you're not talking about the ones of, like, not of the you know, not like, of the like, from, like, the 19th and 20th centuries. You're talking about, like, old ones, right? No, there were these, like, there were these, like, actual, like, drawn or, like, painted cards of, like, they were, they were like, stuff from, like, the, the, the Chumash and there was stuff in the Tanakh. It was, like, a lot right, of, right. It, it was, it was stuff like that. So you might have, like, 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 um, uh, you know, Yoshua or, like, or, like, like, I don't know if they had, like, I don't know if they had, like, Moses explicitly in it, but I think they uh, had well, own, you know. <laughs> yeah, but they had, what's your point, Ben? No, no, no. My, my point is, is that you would, you wouldn't see the features of their faces. Mm -hmm. It would be, like, you'd see their beards, as I said, of course, um, and then you may see, like, sort of a nose, but, it, but, it, but you, then you'd see, like, like, the rest of, like, you know, they still, there would still be a person, um, but, um, but it's, uh, but, but what I'm saying is when I read, I just see kind of an image like that, like kind of a blank face sort of. Um, so like trying to get into individual descriptions, like, like, like features, like I don't see that as vividly. I just think mm -hmm. it's interesting, like what people see when they read, like, like what you're saying. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, that, that is interesting. I think that. I don't really know what I expected necessarily from it. And we've talked about it before, how they've been trying to make the show forever. And, you know, after the, all the movie things, he just basically said, eh, I don't think this is ever going to happen. And it didn't, obviously. But mm -hmm. he got, you know, once he sort of started to talk with different people about making the show, that was a different story. Because then it seemed like, oh, you could actually do something about this. Of course, one of the things that's funny about the show, you know, the movie, you know, like the show versus the book, is that the book does have an end, you know, a very explicit end, even though he says he's been working on a sequel forever. Uh, you know, you know, he and uh, Martin have both working on things, obviously. But so there is like an end point. And one of the issues that I've had with the recent seasons of Game of Thrones is it feels like they're just hurrying to the end. And there's all sorts of things they've cut out because they're just like, eh, we gotta get this over with. And it does feel like they're just, they're like, we just, we just want to finish. And they're very, you know, commercially enjoyed by a lot of people. And they're certainly critically liked, but especially by people who don't read the books. <laughs> uh, and I understand that because, you know, if you haven't read the books, I feel like oh, there's a lot to like in the show. But I just right. feel like it's not. The further it's gotten away, the more just normally TV-ish it's gotten. It's not as deep as it used to be, as it, you know, as it could be. And, mm -hmm. you know, part of that is that they're just kind of taking what I assume are the general outlines and just making up their own ways of dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And so American Gods kind of has a similar thing, although they are working with Neil Gaiman. He's not, like, he's not running the show. Right. So he is, he's sort of like there as sort of like an executive producer, but, you know, that just essentially means, you know, you're involved in some way, but you don't have complete control, and, you know, executive producer can really mean almost anything when it comes to right. shows. It can mean you have a lot of control, because you're, you're where the money's coming from. Uh, it can mean you're just, you're a shout-out, just to say, like, hey, 
we're going to give you some money. We have some, you know, you're, you have a cut of the profits. So we're making you an executive right. producer. That happens a lot. You know, sometimes there are some TV shows where they eventually be like, oh, now Ray Romano is an executive producer. Everybody loves Raymond. <laughs> you know, and does it mean he's actually controlling it? Uh, maybe, but he's right. probably just means he's like, now he has more of a piece. Right. Uh, you know, and so I don't really know exactly. He certainly talked to the showrunners a lot. But it's interesting. So I want to talk a little bit about what the deal is here. So HBO originally said that they thought they were going to do something. And that was like... It's American Gods. Yeah. And that was like, oh, you know, it was an interesting idea. And then they couldn't they couldn't get it done. And then Stars picked it up. Yeah, this was our, this is over the course of like, from 2011 is when HBO said they're going to do it to, you know, 2014 is when Star said they're going to do it. Right. And so right. it took, it took until this year to actually make it. Like last year that we heard that they started, you know, filming it basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was sort of interesting because like it was delayed a little bit, but uh, I want to tell you, like, I am kind of a little different on Brian Fuller, who is one of the main showrunners, he did Dead Like Me, uh, which is which I did see a bunch of, uh, and then Wonderfalls, which I didn't watch, Pushing Daddies, which I got sick of, Hannibal, which I got sick of, and like a lot of his thing is about like very interesting visuals, kind of quirky characters, you know, and like that are you know a lot of like underlying darkness with like kind of cheeriness that make you know that with a lot of like actually you know, weird, horrible stuff underneath. And that's kind of right. like his shtick. He likes to reuse a lot of, of the same actors. I mean, like, you know, he's, uh, like Orlando Jones was on Pushing Daddies Earth, for example. He's used Gillian Anderson was mm-hmm. in Hannibal. Um, right. And Gillian uh, mm-hmm. Anderson, sorry. Um, really? Yeah, Kristen Chenoweth was one of the main stars of Pushing Daisies yeah. as well. And, and you said... He said he's, he's had Orlando Jones before because I hadn't seen him for a while. Yeah, he was in uh, pushing. I didn't see him in this. In, he was in pushing in daisies. Uh, <laughs> like so, that was like. Uh, um, I mean, the thing is that that show I got really sick of, but he's done a lot of interesting stuff, and I think a lot of people really love a lot of things. Yeah, for me it's interesting because he started in Star Trek. He was a writer on DS Nine for two episodes, and then he was a producer on Voyager. And a writer, and he did he did like eighty episodes for Voyager. Did you do the episode where they're like they're in the area where there's like no stars and Neelix goes crazy? I don't I don't know that. <laughs> I was like, that's a darker one. So. He he did like eighty episodes, so maybe there were a lot of epi- You know, so he was one of the he was one of the main producers because what happens one, like the one where they make uh, the the banana pancakes from the whatever it's called. <laughs> What's the name of the thing that makes food? I, I don't <laughs> know. What the hell are you talking about? Sam, what is he? It's okay, Jim. Benji. It's okay. I remember the banana pancakes. You do? Okay, good. Well, because you, you yeah. were just rewatching this, so you know what he's talking about. All right, good. So I was like, <laughs> yeah. is he just like, is he like messing with me? What's her name again? The, the, the half playing uh, woman? Oh, uh, Bolana. Right. I remember at the end, she gets her banana pancakes and she's like, ah, yes, banana pancakes. <laughs> I just remember that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> that end, she's so happy at the end. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so Brian Fuller is interesting. You know, he he's uh, he's an openly gay producer and writer, and 
there's definitely things that kind of connect, I think, with what he's done with a lot of his shows, where he tries to, you know, put out more normalization of gay people, and also not just that, but just, like, references to things. One of the things that kind of tired me out with American Gods is how he kept having Gillian Anderson dressed up in some another one of, like, another gay icon, like, over and over again. Like, you know, like, like in the last episode, she was dressed as Judy Garland from some specific Easter-related movie that I'd never seen. And I only knew this because I looked up, I was like, was she dressed as something I'm supposed to know? And I didn't know it. So I looked up later, and it's like, oh, it's some movie with Judy Garland and Fred Astaire called, like, Let's Have Fun in Easter, because that's the, <laughs> I don't know, I, I'm, I'm sure I'm saying the name wrong, but... Um, <laughs> And there's like with a tap dance too. Like that's the part of the attraction that there's going to be a tap dance number in the movie. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, yes. Yeah, so she. She's, well, if there was more tap dancing in American Gods, I might have liked it better. All right. Well, <laughs> right. so as you as you as you remember from the book, Lucy from I Love Lucy is the first time that he sees like media. We shadow sees media, right? Yes, yes. And like, and that's like kind of weird and creepy, and he's like. And it's kind of an odd scene. He, it's done very differently in the show. You're, I think, did you see that one already? Was that in yes, one? I did. Okay. Yeah, you know, I, I thought it was fine. I mean, the thing is, one of the problems with this kind of adaptation is that the truth is, you know, five years after two thousand, you know, you know, five years after two thousand eleven, there's a difference. But you know, fifteen years after two thousand one, it's a huge difference. Yeah. And unfortunately, there's just things that just don't fit unless you did it as a time of the, unless you wanted to do like a of the time thing, which you could do. You could have had it be all in 2001 if you wanted to, but then it feels like you're kind of missing out because the truth is it was written before September 11th and that's a big mm-hmm. change. And mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of things you could talk about with like homophobia and racism and Islamophobia now that, you know, would be a little bit different if you talked about it then. And I think that's one of the things... the internet in general. Well, yes. Technology in general is way different. Yeah, I mean, it was the starting... It was like there. It was like starting to become huge then. Certainly that's why he talked about it, but it's a much different kind of internet now than it was then. You know, right. like the portrayal of, you know, the the digital boy character is also different. There's also one of the issues I had with the show is the lack of saying things a lot. And... It's sort of like it seemed like they were relying on news outlets to tell you things and like and recaps, which kind of annoys me. Like for example, people called like in the first episode, Loki is there. He is never mentioned by name in the entire episode. Right. Maybe because they realize that saying the name out loud it makes you say it too it out loud, loud. Then it makes it really obvious. However, and also yeah. like now almost, that there's like a Marvel character named Loki. Like yeah, that's people true. Are more familiar with that that character yeah. yeah in every review i saw other than mine people said his name and i was like he didn't say it in the show and then people like the secrets behind and it's like you know why are you telling people ever all the twists about this stuff it's just i didn't like <laughs> the that secrets behind the book and here are just spoilers for the book <laughs> yeah right um it's like explanation of all these characters it's like just say that he's a prison friend he doesn't even have a name and the truth is he doesn't need a name technically if you know you can still retain some of that twist of it uh, you haven't gotten to the point of Mr. World, which uh, is a, a change. Now, I have to assume that Mr. World will still end up being Loki, and that'll be a twist later, because why wouldn't they do that? But 
the fact is, you know, they did it differently. He's played by, you know, famous creepy actor. Do you remember right. who you remember who plays him, Benj? Crispin Glover. Yeah. And 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 he's actually really good at it. Like I, he is good. Really good but I don't I don't have an issue with any of the actors. But anyway, let me just get back to the my complaint about Julian Anderson. You know, so that Lucy thing, I kind of liked. You know, I, I maybe Sam didn't like it, but I thought it was pretty decent. You know, in in the newer version of the same thing. But then she starts doing more. She starts doing David Bowie, and then Marilyn Monroe, and then Judy Garland, and it's just like. You know, I I feel like it's just like Brian Fuller, you know, has like a, you know, whatever the opposite of a, you know, a man crush is like, you know, where they say like, you know, like where guys say like, oh, I have a guy crush on this guy. It seems like he has like a lady crush on Jillian Anderson, not that he's attracted to her, but that he just really likes her and admires her. Right. Well, I think she does. Actually, I mean, like that, that goes to one thing that annoyed me about the show and, and granted, like. I haven't seen the whole show. I only watched the first couple of episodes, but I could already tell that, like, Brian, that, I don't know if it's Brian Fuller or whatever, but this show has, like, a tendency, very different from the book, of, like, going back to the well and, like, reusing things over and over again as a, a sort of, I don't know, I guess it's for, like, atmosphere or whatever, but, like, for instance, um, the scene with, um, uh, what's her name? The, um, the goddess who's, like, a prostitute, um, Sheba, Bilquis, Bilquis. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So the scene with Bilquis, like, fine. In the first episode, that was, yeah, that was like basically straight from the book. They did it okay. Maybe they could have done the scene a little better, but it was fine. But then, like, they did it again in the second episode, and it just seems pointless. Like, yeah, we saw this already, yeah. but like now you're yeah. just like giving it to us again. Yeah. Well, like, I think and, and you I think what? you're right. I think I know why they did it. Um, Although, I will say, let me just, before I say anything else, they've already said that they felt like the first season wasn't what they wanted it to be, but it helped, but they felt like it helped crystallize what they actually think they can do with the, with the next so. season. That's what they said. Because okay. so, to so, me, okay. I liked a lot of the first season. It just it was also kind of a mess. Uh, like, one of the things that happens with Bill Quist, and well, I'll just spoil this for you, Sam, because I don't think it matters, is that basically it, they've changed her story where actually she's she is working for the new god. And what they did was they gave her this, like, dating app called Sheba as a kind of way for people to worship her, essentially. And that's what she uses uh-huh. to pick up people. Uh-huh. So it's a little bit different. So she's in a much better place than she is in the book where she's basically just a prostitute. Uh, right. So you assume that she's going to, you know, die anyway, but... Um, right. Well, okay, but we should we should get into, like... Because again, what we were wanting to talk about is like is like what we think is like the watchability of it, and, and whether we'd recommend it. Yeah. So I mean, like, I don't know. You want you want to start that off, Jeremy, or or, or maybe, maybe we should start with Sam, who has the most negative view, mm-hmm. and go and go from there. And and because Jeremy, I think you have the most positive. I think out of the three of us. Okay. With it, right? Okay. Yeah. Sure. I'll go yeah. first. So so I watched the first two episodes. Um. There were a lot of things that I really didn't like about the show. For one, one thing was like how how different the tone is from the book, mm-hmm. in the sense that like it's not just oh it's different from the book whatever, but like the book has like everything that's going on is like weird and mysterious, but it's also subtle. You're not even really sure if anything's going on at all most of the time, or if it's mm-hmm. just like maybe like shadows like maybe it's all in my head. You know, like he doesn't he can't really tell right, right most of the time what's going on or if anything's going on. Um, 
in the in the show it's, it's like really over the top and this part of this is brian fuller style where i understand that he likes to do these like hyper you know like saturated stylized contrast, stylized yeah. kind of visuals but like mm-hmm. it makes everything look eerie and surreal which is like really like hammers home to you the fact that like no not normal nothing is normal this is like a bizarre thing that's happening which like you're not supposed to necessarily know or understand that this early stage of the narrative um so that was that was something that bothered me also just like there were a lot of scenes that i felt like in the book are are more like understated like the viking scene at the beginning or the the scene with the the slaves on the slave ship you know with um a Nazi, Nazi or yeah. whatever. Like, there's like, there's like so many scenes that I felt like in the book, like stuff is happening, but it's there's it's like under the surface or like you know mm-hmm. or it like surprises you with like things that you weren't expecting or like goes you know it like turns in another direction or or maybe it just like doesn't seem to really like go anywhere, but it's just there like to to like you know file that away in and you know for background. But like on the show, everything has to be like you know, super, like, violent and intense and, mm-hmm. and, like, over the top. And, you know, it's, like, the whole thing is, like, these people are worshipping these gods and they are sacrificing to these gods. Mm-hmm. Like, like they're, like, they don't trust their audience, you know, to be able to, like, figure these things out without having it, like, you know, shoved in, in front of their faces. Yes. Um, so that was, you know, that's another thing um, that I didn't like about the show. Um, and there were a lot of scenes also that, like, used, like, actual dialogue, like, literally, like, taking exact quotes yes. from the book and putting it into the mouths of the actors on the show, but somehow, like, changing the tone so that it comes off very differently than it does in the book, mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. you know, that I felt was just off, and, like, they, I think they would have been better off just, like, changing the dialogue and writing their own dialogue instead of instead of like trying to like i don't know i'm thinking like you know like um um shadows fight in the bar with mad sweeney yeah like a lot of the dialogue there is is like directly from the book but somehow it like comes off well it is definitely in that scene you're right because they change it around uh, yeah. Although I think a lot, I think especially a lot of what Wednesday says when they just quote things directly, I think it feels the same to me. So, so let me say this because I didn't completely hate the show. I think Wednesday is great. He's he's right. you know probably my favorite character um, on the show. Like I think he's the one who really like fits. And also, I mean Chernabog. Chernabog was also like uh, yeah, one Peter of my Stormer. Characters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he he also really feels like yes they got him they figured out who this person is this character and they like got an actor who fits him and they like you know he's directed in such a way that like it this is that's what in my mind Chernabog is supposed to be and and Wednesday also like that's in my mind pretty close to like what I imagined Mr Wednesday to be um, but like for most for the most part most of the characters weren't like that I mean you have um, Shadow's interactions with um, his um, What's her name? His his Laura wife's friend Audrey, who's at the funeral. Audrey, and he like he has these interactions with her that like yeah like it 
those things happened in the book, but in like a very different way. You yeah, know, right. like that, like you know, it was in like the bleaker. Book, it was yeah, like... it's it's bleaker and sadder and like just just more like understated. And you know, in the show, she's like all like emotional and like she just like like all volatile, like all over the place. Yeah, you know. Although um, again, I although think they actually don't. They take out the thing like in the book where she like spits in Laura's face on the at the funeral. Right. They like they did. that. Like they took some things out, but they like let's. I don't know. It was weird. Um, but I but think I did the Wednesday. Well, I, I think. Did, yeah. Oh, I was gonna say. Well, I think a lot of these choices. Uh, the Audrey one, I think, is definitely one is is because they're trying to enhance or expand certain roles. They did more. They had a whole like episode with like Laura interacting with Audrey after she comes back from the dead later. Mm-hmm. So I think part of that is just to give it a little bit more so that she could have a little bit more so that she could you know do that. Um, yeah, okay. Um, but I think that's a lot of the choices where you say, like, why did they do that? And I think it's they wanted to extend things. Uh, some of those things, I think, work better than other things. Yeah, I mean, I... I... I do understand why they did some things, but like whatever, there were a lot of a lot of aesthetic choices, you know, that I didn't necessarily agree with in terms of like tone and, and things like that. Um, one one thing that I did actually appreciate was um, I thought I thought they, despite the fact that I didn't particularly like the scene where where Shadow fights Mad Sweeney, mm-hmm. I liked the casting for Mad Sweeney. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I didn't realize Jeremy until I read your review of that episode. That Mads, the the guy who plays Mad Sweeney, is Hornstash, yeah, from Orange Is the New Black, yeah, and that he's also Sabatka. Um, Nick, right? Nick Sabatka, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which Sabatka? Is so. he? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Nick First of all, I didn't right. I didn't realize that Nick Sabatka and Pornstash were the same guy. <laughs> really? That's funny. I didn't realize that they were the same guy as Mad Sweeney. So now I'm like, holy shit! Like this guy is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Three very so, different characters. Yes. Yes, very, very different characters. Well, I will say, um, one of the things that you didn't really get to is that I really like the evolution of his and Laura's relationship. Uh, um, and they kind of change... They, they, one of the episodes that I liked... Shadow. Shadow. No, no, no. Really. No, Sweeney. Or, oh, Sweeney. Oh, okay. They had a... If there's, a there's an extra... There's a, there's a whole little coming to America thing about Essie Tregoen, who is like this um, Cornish woman, and that goes through like all her interesting story... So they changed that to make her Irish so that they could link her up with Mad Sweeney. And I thought that that, I liked how they did it because essentially they tied into how Sweeney was looking at Laura currently. And like, cause essentially they say, she, Mad, you know, Mad Sweeney is the one who caused the accident essentially uh-huh. under Wednesday's orders. Uh-huh. And it, it is kind of implied in the book that that is also what happens, although it is not explicit. Uh, then the, the show they do make it explicit, but uh-huh. I think part of that. So he feels guilty, but he also kind of likes her because she's kind of, you know, after she's dead, she's like kind of like a fun asshole with him, you know. And I think he kind of likes that, but and he also feels kind of like guilty, but he also kind of remembers like the like the Irish women who and people who kind of brought him to America. And I think the idea is that she kind of reminds him of those people. Uh, and there's right. a whole thing about like how the coin is sort of like linked to the money that he was given back in Ireland to help, you know, as sort of a as a prayer, and that's kind of like a whole mm-hmm. thing. And it's it was interesting. I kind of like that. There's you know, like there, that 
that was like an addition I liked. Uh, an yeah. addition I didn't oh, like okay. was Vulcan. I didn't think that that really worked. Well, well, let's, well let's, but, let's, let's have Sam finish it because I have a yeah. question for Sam. Yeah. He's done for it. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's I've already said like most of what I have to say about my feelings about the show. Okay. You know, there were there were things that I liked. The um, I mean, but the overall aesthetic, I don't know. It just feels very like, um, David Lynch, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. like you know, like like 1980s music video kind of feel to it. <laughs> Not even 1980s, more like even like 1990s music like, video. Oh, like a tool video? Like the, the like <laughs> weird, creepy 90s music videos that, you know, like Nine Inch Nails or like, well, you know. Or a tool um, video. Well, he has I heard. I haven't, I haven't really seen any tool videos, but like. You've seen Schism. You've probably seen Schism. That's the famous one. Yeah. Also, he's... Uh, pieces fit. Fuller has oh, said... Yeah. I, actually, I actually love the tool, but... Right. Um, like, even, even Nirvana had, like, some weird... Yeah, but come on. Listen, like... so you know, David Lynch did Twin Peaks, and they have said that that is an inspiration for the show in a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. The, uh, so I think I think you're right. <laughs> but that, I mean, that like, I think that's where what they were trying for, and, like, I get it and I understand it, but, like, it just didn't work for me. Okay, so when you so I mean like it, it's it's hard because as you're saying all this stuff and I and I I I like half agree with you, half disagree. And I, I guess I guess where my point is is I'm thinking like I it's like I, I guess part of the difference is I'm giving a little more uh, tolerance in my head for for some of these things you're mentioning, which I, I I agree with, and also because I'm not as attached to part of it, I'm not as attached to American Gods as I am to other Neil Gaiman stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but but anyway, my, my point is like, yes, you bring up a good point. I guess maybe the aesthetic, whether like, I don't know if it was really like Brian Fuller saying. Well, you said he said something about Twin Peaks, but I don't know if Brian Fuller saying, hey, the way we're gonna, the way we're gonna sort of translate and adapt the sort of bleak tone and all that kind of dark, grim, gray stuff in uh, American Gods is we're gonna go the whole sort of. I haven't seen Twin Peaks, but you know, sort of I like a weird, yeah, you know, you know, artsy route. Um. And yes, I think that choice might not be the best thing. I'm just wondering what would work. Because I mean, obviously some things couldn't. Like you can't, you know, you you, you have to have something more explicit. Like we were saying the Loki thing. But I'm just wondering, Sam. Like like what? Obviously, like I'm not saying you're you you know the actual answer to making the entire show better. But like 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 if they're trying to maintain like the bleak tone, they're trying to translate it. What sort of thing would you have wanted so, to see? So this is what I would say. I wish that, like, overall, that most the tone of most of the show had been more understated. Mm. Um, you know, where, like, it's more like, oh, there's uh, things oh, going on under the yeah. surface, but you're not quite sure. Or, like, I'm going to mm-hmm. use, like, I'm going to throw a word out there, um, liminal, right? Mm-hmm. Liminal is a word that means, like, you're not quite sure, it, like, whether something is happening or is not happening, right. or, like, where the, where the line is, where's the boundary. Yes. You know, it's, like, sort of unclear. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I wish they had done with this show. Like, make it, make the audience uncomfortable, not by showing them weirdness, but by showing them something that they're not sure whether it's weird or whether it's normal. Right. Which is what it is. Actually, that's an interesting thing, because there's a lot of, so I think you have a point, because one of the problems with the show is because they're actually pretty explicit that things are happening. So when so whenever Shadow says, he says a few times, like, I don't know that this is going on. And they have this repetition. And just so you know, Sam, he does say that throughout yeah. the season and it's kind of like yeah. well, what do you mean i thought i mean maybe the first couple times but like, like you're seeing like crazy stuff happening yeah, right in front seen, of your face I mean, like well yeah, that yeah. that was that was that's definitely something i think they didn't really handle as well shadows yeah. that's, that's, you know belief like type of thing i think in the book the problem is like i think what they wanted to do is something that they weren't able to do which is to end it 
with the big you know house on the rock reveal at the end um which is sort of like when shadow kind of sees all the so guys he was odin like it was so clear he was odin so when he says i'm odin at the end like if you didn't get it like like by that point I, 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 well, well then you're an idiot you're, yeah well, well, to, to be fair too, it's just I just think at least half of the people watching it got it ahead of time, um, mm-hmm. anyway. So when he says that, it's like, yeah, okay, like you're Odin, like <laughs> you know, he keeps like, there's just so much there saying it. It's just it's it's like so, so it's not much of a reveal. It's just him finally saying that that's his his name, but that's not what you're kind of looking for. Yeah, you know, um, so. I mean, I, 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 I agree with what you're saying, Sam. I mean, I, I think, so, I'm trying to think, like, what I like in the show, what I don't like in the show. I mean, I just, I mean, part of it is just uh, Ian McShane is just so great as Wednesday. Um, that's that's a part of it. Um, I do feel like I like the first half of the of the season than, like, the second half. Um, I thought, I, I thought, like, you know, I, I just thought, like, his interactions with, with uh, Wednesday were, mm-hmm. were, were pretty good. Yeah, uh-huh. I like I like some of that, that, and I thought I thought you know like Laura, they're taking a different sort of direction in some sense, but I I kind of like I kind of like what she's doing, um, and I also I do like the coming to America pieces, um, uh, like I I, th- I think those little vignettes are 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 good, like I like I, I like how it's just showing different different stories of, of coming to America. I just I also just kind of find that interesting, but again, you know, in the beginning I was kind of like I was kind of like okay, this makes sense that. Shadow is not as understated as he is in the book because you know it's a show, so he's gonna have to be more expressive. Yeah. Then as time went on, I'm like, I, I kind of felt like he's like, why is Shadow here? Like, why is he important? It's kind of like, 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 like obviously he's important to the plot, but I kept feeling like, like, uh, I'm not sure I care about him being around right now. I get, I mean, really more towards towards the towards the end of it. Yeah. Um, so and it sort of it sort of became more about Laura, which again is fine. It's just, it's just that I was like, why are we talking about Shadow and what's, what's, what's going on here? It's kind of just him watching um, Wednesday do all his Wednesday shit. Right. You know? Well, this is a classic problem with adaptations of things where there's a lot inside someone's head, which I think right. is one of the things they really screwed up with, with a lot of the early John stuff in Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. because he's always. You know, and like actually, truth is, even with Ned too, you know, they're they're always thinking about all sorts of stuff, and you kind of see where their decisions go, and they're they're not just idiots or rubes; they're like actually thinking about it. But right. you know, and the thing is, the the show did actually, by which I mean Game of Thrones, got a little bit better at uh, talking. You know, having him first of all, Kit Harrington got better acting wise at showing things, but they also got better at figuring out how they wanted him to show things too. So. I think one of the issues with the American Gods is that they kind of weren't sure always how to express that. And one of the issues that I saw, which I think is what you're talking about, is that they kind of lost track of what of how Shadow was supposed to be interacting with everything. Mm-hmm. And they had like, okay, it's yes. like we need to. It's like okay, let's enhance this thing and this thing. And some of those things were fine. You know, like I said, I do like the Laura and Mad Sweeney stuff. I thought that was fun. But then other stuff were like the why do we I don't need to see you know media castigating you know technical boy because what the hell do I care about their interaction I don't it doesn't matter this is just like an excuse to have like a David Bowie you know, you know homage and it's like I get that you like David Bowie and I don't have a problem with that but it's also like who cares 
what does this have to do with anything? I, <laughs> I don't need to know what how these two people are interacting. Like, at least the Bilquist thing was kind of like a reveal. Like we, I kind of like that. I actually kind of liked what they did the last Bilquist thing. I yeah, kind of no, like that. Actually. No, that's what I'm saying. Was I'm saying at least that one had like, oh, this is why. Okay, now you kind of like, pieces kind of came together of the of the connection. You're like, oh, okay. That was kind of clever because it was a difference in the book. And it made sense, though, considering. But, but a lot of the other stuff, I was just like, eh. And also, the... the <laughs> I'm not even sure how they're going to deal with the Mr. World thing. It's because if it's supposed, one of the problems is they didn't get into like explaining some of like his scam stuff. He basically just did the one scam, which was the bank, and he didn't do any of his stories. Like the whole point of his scam about like the two yeah. the two man scam with the violin and everything is that it's essentially foreshadowing what happens, and that and that's sort of how Shadow's like, oh yeah, it's the scam. <laughs> he's like, yeah, of course. You kind of like, sort of like you wanted me to find out because you couldn't help bragging about it. Yeah. And, you know, I like that. But the thing, uh, so I think that's you know, one of the issues that they have is that, you know, they're very enamored with certain aspects of the material. And I think, you know, Brian Fuller is also enamored with the idea of making a show that has, like, importance and it's talking about, you know, issues and stuff. Like the whole yeah. Mexican Jesus thing. It was like, okay. Well, that was one of the things, fine. you know, it was just like, it, yeah, it's just like, you know, then I was like, okay, but then they give him Stigmato, and I was like, oh, come on. You know, like him, basically in the scene, Sam, Mexican Jesus essentially shows up as some people are crossing the Rio Grande, and because they're kind of like praying to him, and he kind of helps, he's walking on water, and he pulls someone out of the, the river, and then everyone gets shot, including him. And he gets kind of shot in his, you know, wrist in the, you know, arm in his hands. I mean, like in the stigmata yeah. style. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. And he lands on the ground in like, you know, arms outstretched. And it's like, okay, right. And then the stupid thing happens, which is like a, a tumbleweed comes by and essentially creates a crown of thrones on his head. I'm like, oh, we got it. Yeah, yeah, they keep doing this, that's really the main issue with the show, is they keep doing this kind of repetitious thing, where they keep hammering things that have already been stated. Right, you it was know, like, I thought, kind of, they if they had the ended the scene before the tumbleweed, I would have said, alright, that worked. But because yeah. they felt like they had to add that next touch, it's like, nope, you really didn't need to add that, and it just made it worse. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I just, I was, I thought it was kind of well, like silly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, and they, and they, they, um, yeah, or the, or like the, the stuff with, with the, the stuff with Vulcan too. Yeah, I didn't I mean? care for that. It was, it just seemed like it was, yeah, it, just, it, was it was so it was, obviously. It, do you, Sam, do you know about Vulcan? No. Okay, so Vulcan is a car- is a god that. Uh, Neil Gaiman in, initially considered using, but he didn't end up putting him in the book. So it's not they didn't bench, they didn't make him up full cloth of how they were going to do it. Vulcan is Hephaestus, basically. He's the Roman. Right. He's 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 like a Smith god, right? Yeah, exactly. He's actually Hephaestus is actually a much more decent version of Vulcan. <laughs> the truth being said, but essentially, yeah, he's a Smith god. Uh, and so Neil Gaiman's kind of idea was that he'd kind of become like a god of like armaments and gods, you know, and, like guns and stuff. And, right. you know, with America, guns is a big thing and it has been forever. So right. that was like a thing that they did. They basically made a little town of Vulcan. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like it was so obviously Nazi aesthetic 
you know, type of thing that I thought... Right, it was just over the top with yeah. it. That just was out of place with the tone of the show. So it's like yeah. all of a sudden he's in a he's in like a town where like, like everyone's under like sort of a mind control thing where they have like the armbands that are like a Vulcan arm, like like uh, armbands to make it look, as you're saying, with the Nazi aesthetic. Yeah. And I, again, the point I think was made without even seeing everyone in the town like it's like they kept hammering home that that point in so many ways throughout the entire throughout the entire like sequence, you know, where yeah. they didn't need to. Like they like it was obvious. Like you know, he's he's in the whole thing is like you know he's uh, a black man in like in in like this like racist town, um, you know that's all about guns. Like it was very obvious from the beginning, and they just kept like the, the visuals as you were saying. They just kept hammering home these visuals that's like. We don't. If that's not like a. This is not like a new thing that like people aren't. You know, like that people don't understand the the aesthetic or the connection or anything like that. Um, and again, this idea with the guns and the Smith thing, I think, was fine. You know, it yeah. was just It's just there was there was too much. Just like you were saying with the Crown of Thorns thing, it was like there like they there was just there was just so much of the imagery when it was already obvious. Yeah. So I th- what's the connection yeah. between Vulcan and like? Nazis and fascism. Like I don't. But the, the, the whole thing. Correct me if I'm wrong. The, the whole thing is like he. So he goes to this town that's like the Vulcan town, and he's you know sort of his place where like like it's it's employing everyone. Um, they have this like um bullet factory, and right. but but the way that it looks, you can just tell by the way that the aesthetic is, is that it's like it's just supposed to be like this like racist southern town or something like that's 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 sort of what it's like and they're all about guns and and they all have these armbands that look kind of like the nazi armbands that have like the v on it and wow. and there's like i don't know is is there is there like a rope hanging from a tree there jeremy there's like something with that right yeah there is like, that's like there so it's like you have so many of these images that have already existed earlier in the show and that are then all kind of in there, and oh, they also are kind of marching around the town, right? It's like they have like a like the sort of like sort of parade, right? Isn't there something with that? Yes, yes. Exactly. So, 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 so that's what I'm saying. So, oh yeah. So the point is like like Shadow comes there, and then Vulcan's like sort of not explicitly saying stuff to him, but kind of he's kind of like implying that like Shadow doesn't belong there, mm-hmm. but it's like already very clear. Right. That he doesn't, and it's yeah. like, I see. So it's just, it's, it's again, it's kind of like mis, it's kind of mishandled. And there's kind of too much of that imagery, I think, um, going on. It's very heavy-handed. Uh, yeah. So, I don't know if you want to read this thing. There, there's something that Orlando Jones as an auntie, he gives this kind of like talk where he's talking about Bill Quist in the last episode of the season, and he says like, you get to the moral of the story. Uh, do you remember this, Bench? Yeah, you get the most. I don't know. Don't compromise. So I'll read it. Yeah. Get the most, I don't know. Don't compromise, or uh, don't don't cut deals with treacherous motherfuckers. That's Shadow. He's what? like, and then so what? then, yeah. uh, and Hansi's like, what? No. <laughs> what are you yeah, getting in life without some compromise? The rule is get your get yourself a queen. And I, I thought Orlando Jones was really great. That, that yeah, that's was... like, you know, it's like you know more of him. That's you know yeah. I I liked him. Uh, I think he's like I don't think. I don't think they can. They always screwed up Shadow. I just think, you know, they right. kind of like lost track because they're like they wanted to do so much, right? And that's, that's, I think that was what of... happened. It got it got too jumbled, um, and I yeah. think they're like you know there's like okay we need to do more with Salim, you know the like the, the guy who 
had sex with the jinn, and it's like, okay, sure. Um, but then, and there's a lot of other things. Like, uh, I, I thought, um, uh, what's his face? Not Ibis, uh, Anubis, like Mr. Jackal. He was cool. I liked him. He, he was interesting. Yeah, he was, he was good. Uh, yeah, so there's a lot of little stuff. I, the whole, the way they did the Jesus thing was kind of interesting, speaking of. Uh, yeah. Which, where they basically said, like, oh, there's basically different versions of Jesus because there's all these people worship in, in different ways. So there's, like, the Mexican Jesus, mm-hmm. and then there's, like, the okay. white, there's the waspy Jesus, and then there's, like, the Virgin Mary, and there's, like, Greek Orthodox Jesus, and there's Black Jesus, and it's, like, and then basically, because in the last episode, uh, they go to where Easter's having a party, and all the Jesuses are there. And it's it's really it's kind of interesting, um, including like essentially G, what they call Jesus Prime in the in the credits, <laughs> who is played by Jeremy Davies, uh, and he just sort of looks like the classic American you know picture of Jesus. Obviously, not the right. Middle Eastern version, because these are all right. supposed to be American gods, of course. Right. Uh, but <laughs> there there's a, he's pretty good. There's like a scene where he's like he's like he has like a drink. And he's like sitting on the water, and then he puts down the the glass without thinking about it, and it falls to the bottom. And he's like, "God damn it!" <laughs> <laughs> um, so that was so he was good. And then there was like a whole thing where basically Wednesday is like, you know, all these Jesuses, they're the guy, they're basically stole your day from you. And they're like, "Oh, we did. Oh, we're so sorry. Oh, we feel so bad about this." Like, oh yeah, well, <laughs> well you, you know. You know, one thing, now that I'm thinking about it, just sort of thinking about it as we're talking, like, you're saying more Orlando Jones, like, and I agree, yeah. and I think one of the solutions that they could have possibly done that's still maybe not as subtle as, Sam, what you're talking about, uh, which I think would have been better, but, like, I think the way that, like, for instance, Anansi, like, showed up, remember, it was, like, there are the spiders, and then all of a sudden yeah. he's there? I yeah. thought, like, more of that sort of thing would have, would work really well. I mean, same thing with, um, was it Anubis? You know, it was, like... I mean, it was a weird version of, of um, Anansi also. Like, he yeah. shows up, and he's already, like, they're they're all speaking in, in whatever their native language. And he, like, shows up, and he's talking in English, and he's wearing, like, a three-piece suit. Mm-hmm. You know, he looks very modern. And he's, like, talking about, you know, being black and, like, what it means to be black in America and stuff. But, like, it really seems out of character for Anansi, hmm. who is really a god of, like, trickery and humor right and like he's not a god of vengeance or like you know or like all this stuff about like you know this like racial resentment and stuff like i mean i understand that it's like in keeping with like you know african-american experience but not specifically anansi it didn't seem to me like it seemed to me like it was a weird choice because like that's not that's not what anansi typically is you know. Yeah, I think they, I think, I think they, I think they sort of like reimagined the the, the character. I think uh, um, it, it it seems like there was like a conscious decision to make uh, to you know to to change like sort of the tone of the character because also his catchphrase is like angry get shit done, so it's like that's that's different than like than like the 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 the, the standard you could say Anansi like trickery thing because because uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Nancy in um, in Especially in a Nazi, especially in a Nazi boys. Oh no, no, that's that's spider. But anyway, the the character is a little more is is a little more jokestery in the mm-hmm. um, in the uh, um, in the book than yeah. in than this. But um, but like he he did a great job in 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 the scenes though. Like I really I really like, you know 
I really liked his performance in mm-hmm. it. And again, there's like that way of just like sort of him like like it's like they're I never have a problem with him speaking English because I my, the idea in my head is that he's just able to talk to anyone. So right, no, that so, was fine. Like I understand why they had him talking in English, and I even kind of understand why they had him already dressed like a modern American person. But like his whole attitude, his whole personality seemed like radical, like a radical departure from like, right. Well, I can, know, the Anansi of men. yes, I could tell you the inter- one of the interpretations I saw that scene is that essentially he was using the sacrifice to get to America. Yeah, you know that that them essentially killing themselves by revolting and burning down the ship is it what let him get to America. Which is sort of a trickstery thing to do. Yeah, and I it's mean, sort of like he doesn't, yeah. he doesn't, you know, as you saw, like, when there's, like, the burning wood and you see the spiders crawling out of it. Right, you see the spire crawl out. Now, yes. it's, and it, that's more like a, it's a parallel to, like, the Odin thing, too. But the truth is, you know, Nancy wasn't really about, you know, blood sacrifice like Odin was. So it's not mm-hmm. quite the same. Yeah. But sacrifice is a big part of a lot of the god stuff, and it certainly is historically there, and the you know it's tied into like all oh, these deaths are de- you know dedicated, etc. that they go into, uh, and it is interesting. Like at the end of the season, Easter is convinced by Mister Wednesday to like fight back by essentially causing a huge drought and like destroying the crops all like all over the place, and it's not clear how extensive the damage is, but it's. Uh, it's at least for many, many miles. Um, so if there's anything that's going to impact, you know, modern life, it's the inability to eat. So that could, no, it's certainly a right. problem for like the new gods part of it. And that's not something that ever happens in the book. So uh, what, how it's going to happen, I don't know. How, how many seasons they actually want to do the show, I don't know. Because they certainly talk about continuing on after it ends. Uh, it's already been picked up for a second season. And what yeah. is, I don't know. It, it seems exactly it, like how. you were talking about this before, how the book has like a clearly defined end. And like, it's not just that the book has an end. The entire book, as as much as it seems like these like disparate stories that are like all like with different characters and they're unconnected, like they're all part of one bigger plot. Like there's one central plot to the book that like, you know, happens and then finishes and then it's over. And like, you could continue to tell stories about these same characters, but like that that wouldn't be the story that that is the story of the book of American Gods. You know, mm-hmm. that would be a new story. Mm-hmm. Which like is fine. Like I I mean I don't expect that they're gonna all of a sudden like, you know, season four would be like Anansi boys. Like that that wouldn't really make sense to me, but like I can I can see that they would want to continue the show and like tell new stories, but like it it feels kind of weird how the book the book really is telling one cohesive story and then like you know for the show to be like yeah we're gonna tell that story and then we're just gonna like keep going like yeah like i don't really i don't see how that would work well i mean i mean there, there was the spinoff that short story that neil gaiman did with uh with um shadow that actually was pretty good yeah. remember he like goes to like that sort yes. of not, not yes. eyes wide shut party but sort of right mm-hmm. it was like and it was it was like a beowulf Sort of, which I thought was pretty cool, um, and and uh, and then I guess Anansi Boys is is a is a sort of spinoff to the book, but um, but you know like I, so I remember you know I mentioned before we did the podcast like I think it's worth us talking about the context of like trans first of all the context of you know this this um fantasy this live action fantasy genre like TV genre series fantasy that Game of Thrones started 
and also just thinking about you know how to use Neil Gaiman's work and and how it can be effective or not effective and, and things like that and like it's kind of like and as we've been talking about this it's kind of like they're 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 kind of I like I applaud them besides the fact that I applaud them for 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 trying to do Neil Gaiman stuff and for sticking with it like I like I, I like that um I also do applaud that they're trying something different because American Gods is different and weirder. And maybe yeah. that was their thought with Brian Fuller. I'm sort of, I'm just sort of thinking about this as I'm talking, but it's like maybe that's why they picked him because I didn't really know much about Brian Fuller. But now knowing some of his work, maybe they're like, well, you know, we're trying to do a different thing. We're not trying to do another Game of Thrones spinoff or something like that. We're trying to do something that's a little weirder. It's kind of like an urban fantasy thing, but 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 it's also fantasy and it's uh, it's by this established fantasy writer but he's kind of a cooler writer and yeah. it's also like a cult classic but it's also kind of yeah although it's i mean it's funny because you guys keep mentioning game of thrones as like a, you know an inspiration for this but in some ways i think like another inspiration for this might be once upon a time because once it. upon a time was also like you know a tv show that's like let's do something weird and different and we're going to tell stories mm-hmm. about like fairy tale characters but like in the modern world and like you know, all the same things that animated their, their like, interactions and conflicts in fairy tales will, like, animate their interactions and conflicts in, like, this modern world that they live in. Okay. You know, there I think there are some, like, real, like, clear, like, like parallels. Okay, but um, I guess what I'm saying is, it was, it was yeah. Once Upon a Time, it, but that's a network show, right? It's on network yes. TV. Yes, right? it's a network so, show. But, but I, there, I think there is actually a, a, no, a noted difference in the sense of, like, I get... The, again, this is kind of like a vibe thing, so like you can say like this, like I, I can't really make an argument here. But I got the vibe this was like stars, and I, I'm not saying they shouldn't because they're a network, but this was stars like like big push to try to to try to sort of sort of contend with with these like big uh, blockbuster shows, um, kind of like Game of Thrones, and like well, this is our version, and we have this. Again, nothing wrong with that. I mean, they're a network, and they're trying to compete, and they're trying to show better stuff. And I think you know they should try to show good, uh, good stuff. But it's like no, I mean, like listen, you're right. Like, like this you was, know, this was this was like to the level of I mean, in terms of like explicit content or whatever, it was to the level of Game of Thrones, you know, at least um, if you if you if you see the whole season, like it, it is. Um, which again, I don't have an issue with. It's just it's just like um, I, I got the sense they're trying like you know the weirder route with it um what were you saying sam no i was just saying like yes like obviously stars's competition is not abc like right. stars right. is trying to compete with like hbo and showtime netflix. and like uh, netflix yeah you know but um but but i do think that like you know there's um in in the dna of like american gods in addition to like what you had mentioned about twin peaks and and um you know, Game of Thrones. I think like Once Upon a Time is also in there somewhere. Okay. And like, and like, the, in addition to like what the things that Brian Fuller has worked on. I mean, I I, I will say too, like, so again, I I so so if we're thinking about the different Neil game and stuff, so again, I haven't finished Sandman. I I need to. I hope they do make a Sandman show. I think, think it's definitely worth it be, being at least attempted to be made. I think that would be cool. Um, I haven't seen Coraline, but I've read Coraline. It was awesome. I haven't seen Stardust nor read it. Um, uh, and, and, uh, and, and then there's Beowulf, Neil Gaiman, like, co-wrote that, I believe. I think he co-wote the screenplay, mm-hmm. um, for that. Really? But, yeah, yeah I'm no. pretty sure, right? Right? Yes. I'm, I'm right about that. Uh, he contributed. Yeah. Exactly what that means, I don't know, but, yeah, anyway. But, but, you know, it, it, again, like, there's something really, like, I found with Beowulf, I was like, eh. Like, it wasn't, it wasn't like this, like, cheesy, dumb movie. It was like these, 
these kind of points, it's kind of like when they get into the symbolic realm, kind of the issue I have with Mr. Robot, for instance, like Mr. Mm -hmm. Robot, like I find like almost every scene is there's this long soliloquy, you know, in these, this like speech, it always gets to it and almost, or, or, or monologue in almost every scene. It's just very like these like big cinematic images. Um, and I kind of had the issue, the same issue with American Gods. And like, I feel like even with Beowulf, um, uh, that it was like, they were trying to, I understand they were trying to maybe not just go, here's the typical fantasy action route. They're trying to give substance, but the substance was like, there's, there, there was some issue connecting with it. I'm not sure what it was. Maybe that it's like the, the, the connection with like old school stuff and like with things in the past and with mythology and all that, like, when you're reading Neil Gaiman, you're like, wow, he really has a grasp on this because he's just such a masterful storyteller and you're hearing his voice and he ropes you in, he weaves it, you know, like, and, he, and he's really good at kind of skirting that line, um, which, you know, I mean, that's, that's kind of what Sandman is. And so much of what he does is like skirting that line really in all of his stuff between fantasy and reality. And I, I really don't know how they would be able to pull something like this off in, in 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 cinema, and I think that's the problem you're speaking to, Sam. Where where it's like if they were to do it well, it would be like things in the in the corner of your eye, or like you weren't sure it was happening at least till later on. And I just don't know how it can be translated well cinematically. I hope it can. I just I just don't really know how it can be. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of an example of something that like that. That is like, you know, like a television or movie property that it that really does have that like sort of like in between space. Where it might be it's a like, sci-fi one. There probably is a sci-fi example. Um, I mean, I mean, I was thinking like, <laughs> I don't know, like, like, well, I'll, I'll have to like think more about that because I, I don't have any things, example. You think? I mean, Stranger Things is a little more explicit. Like, there is sort of things out of the... Wait, Sam, have you seen Stranger Things yet? No, I haven't seen Stranger Things. Uh, oh, you need to do that. All right, well... No, maybe, maybe like, some of the stuff that happens on Lost... Yeah, like, maybe. Uh, but, but, but other stuff on Lost is, like, clearly, like, there's something weird going on. Yeah, like, I um, mean, it's kind of like a magical show, but... All right, yeah. I, want to, uh, I want to kind of move on here for... Another kind of thing. So one of the things that's interesting about the show, since it's been in production for so long, is people have been doing like fan casting forever. And like so, for example, a very classic thing people have been bringing up is you know the Rock for Shadow. You know, yes. And everyone you know is like, oh yeah, that's gonna be great. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, although Jason Momoa was one more recently after the Game of Thrones stuff, mm-hmm. but. Uh, I think one of the ones that people really wanted that didn't happen was Christina Hendricks for Easter, who definitely yeah. fits how she's described in the book. Right. And the way they did it is a different take. In because you know Christian Chenoweth is very kind of like petite. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, she's not skinny, but she's small, so it's a little bit different. Whereas like you know Easter is sort of described as like I think uh, they say her cup overfloweth, you know type of thing. Now, here's something that hasn't happened yet. There hasn't been a casting of Hinzelman. And mm, here's right. it. So, who do you think would be a good Hinzelman? Now, some people say Clint Eastwood, but that's stupid. So, forget about no. that. Clint Eastwood is a very bizarre choice. <laughs> now, I like... That's, I don't I don't get that. I, I was thinking, like, maybe, like, Malcolm McDowell 
or some, mm. you know, uh, if you want to go younger, you could even do something like Andy Serkis if he's willing to do TV, which he should be. Well, but Hinzelman is is not supposed to be young, right? No. He's supposed to be kind of like yeah. ageless, but like not not really young, but not old either. Or like maybe he is kind of old. Like it's kind of hard to tell, right? Mm-hmm. So what, like Tilda Swinton? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Has... <laughs> I mean... Yeah. Well, I mean, he's 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 the cop, right? Uh, no. He's oh. he's the evil kobold that's technically running the right. town. Uh, he's the one who he, he almost gets the cop to kill himself. The cop almost actually. Did. Speaking of speaking of once upon a time, um, Robert Carlyle, mm-hmm. um, who Could plays um, he plays um, Rumpled Stillskin. Yes, I, I know who you're talking about. He actually uh, would be fantastic for Hinzelman. Well. You know, it's funny you say that because he actually did show up in one of the fan casting things I saw for Hinzelman. Yeah. I just wasn't sure that anyone else would know who he was. But yeah, so I'll tell you, here are the worst choices I saw for fan casting. Uh, Melissa McCarthy yeah. is Easter. <laughs> um, Melissa, <laughs> Melissa McCarthy. Uh, Chris yeah. Rock as Mr. Nancy. That's a, that's a terrible, what? terrible choice. Is it terrible? Yes. I don't know, actually. Yeah. Nope. I saw that people say... Choice, but you know who would make an amazing Mr. Nancy? Um, yeah. Morgan Freeman. Yes, that came up a lot. Yeah. Morgan Freeman would yeah. be amazing. Yeah. Yeah, he I... would be... Well, the only reason I'm saying is saying that Chris Rock might not be awful is because cause Mr. Nancy's pretty flamboyant, and Chris Rock can do the yeah, flamboyant. I don't know. I don't think he really can. <laughs> um, here's one that came up. Kevin Hart. <laughs> he, he could be he could be spider he, he could be oh he could be spider oh here's here's a here's one Actually, that pe- yes yes he could be spider that's true a classic thing i saw a lot was brendan gleason for people wanted you know brendan gleason to play odin or hinzelman or basically everybody brendan gleason i don't I'm not i can't really you know who that. brendan gleason is he's that giant irish actor um he was uh Mel Gibson's best friend in Braveheart. He played Mad Eye Moody oh. in Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, all right. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't really see him as Mr. Wednesday, but I could see him as Hinzelman. Yeah, anyway, he is tall. I saw him in real life. He's like over six feet tall. Uh, but I don't know if that really works for Hinzelman. All right, so I think that's enough of American Gods specifically. I, I think what. Sam wanted to talk about was briefly sort of like a comparison. You know, there are other fantasy TV shows that are based off of books, and some of them have succeeded, some of them have not succeeded. I I mean, obviously Game of Thrones is 100% the most successful of that kind of thing. That, I mean, you can't really compare. Uh, There there is like a there's some kind of stupid. There was something called the Shannara Chronicles on MTV that was kind of stupid. Uh, I couldn't. I could could not get through <laughs> I, it. It was so. It was not I good. I definitely did not watch that. Um, I, I maybe one of my friends told me that they thought it was like fun in a campy way, but mm. yeah, I don't know. It's <laughs> well, there was a. I don't think they, there was a mini series yeah. of Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Uh, I don't uh, know. Yes, I actually only saw the first episode of that um and i had meant to go back and, and watch it but um i do have a few things to say about that at least the first episode uh, okay as, a, as an adaptation go on um, did you watch it jeremy i did i've seen the whole thing 
Oh, you've seen the whole thing. Okay. And you've read the book, right? Yes. Yeah, I got so, it from you. Um, you probably did. Yeah, so I really like the book, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Mm-hmm. Norrell. Whatever. Um, and the show, <laughs> Mr. Norrell, I think is how it's pronounced. I really did not like the show. I really thought the show was, like, very sort of, like, bland, like, completely failed to capture the, like, you know, because, like, the book is written with this, like, sort of fun, lighthearted narration that's, like, very, like, yeah. you know, droll, and, like, there's a lot of, like, you know, like, dry wit and observations mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But, like, the, the show just doesn't have any of that stuff at all. Um, yeah, there are definitely creepy elements, but it felt like they just went crazy, you know, in the show, yeah. just, like, getting it so dark, you know? Yeah, but but also, like, like not just that it's dark, but, like, the book is supposed to be reminiscent of, like, you know, a, a Jane Austen novel, you know? Like mm-hmm. and 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 the show really doesn't capture that tone at all. I didn't think um, there were a couple of things that I did like in that episode. The more like magical scenes, like especially there's a um, a scene where um, you remember the scene where where Children Mask goes to um, the street magician with yes. his name Vinculus, right? And he like has it, and he like Vinculus like reads his fortune with tarot cards, right? I thought that scene was, like, really well done. And, like, mm-hmm. that really felt like, okay, there's something magical going on here. It's cool. It's creepy. It's, you know. But, like, most of the show didn't really um, capture that feel. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Well, it's, also, it, yeah. just, like, you know, the character of, of Jonathan Strange, like, he just seemed, like, like, his character just seemed, like, kind of stupid in the show. <laughs> like, you know, not like, I mean, in the book, whatever. He was just, it was just kind of different in a bad way. All right. Well, so um, yes. Let me before you get into like things that you've seen. So I, I thought it was fine. I, I wasn't a huge fan, but I thought there was some cool like visual stuff with it. Uh, in terms of like, there's a lot of properties that are being talked about. Some that have are definitely coming out. Some of which are probably coming out, and some which I've eh, I put the hmm, for like the Watchmen show that's been talked about recently, and we'll see. I give that one a big grain of salt. Dark Tower is finished, so that's coming out. Right. Uh, you know, uh, and I, I haven't actually see, read the the book, but I mean, coming out. Uh, oh, I've who, read who's, who's the Who's the actor doing it again? I just saw this recently. Doing Dark Tower. Who's the lead? Oh, Idris Elba. He's yeah. the lead. Right. Uh, cool. Good Omens has been optioned. Uh, again, I don't know if that will happen, but it it has been optioned, so it can. I, I, have you guys read that? You guys have read that, right? Which Good Omens? I haven't. Yeah, yeah, I've read it. Yeah, yeah. I, I've read literally nothing by Terry Pratchett. Uh, that's the only Terry Pratchett book I really like, but the, <laughs> of course, I mean, I don't, who knows what's happening with Sam and it's impossible to know, but King Killer Chronicles was also optioned as you heard about that, you know, Lin-Manuel Miranda is supposed to like be involved in some way. I don't, right. I mean, what Chronicles you said? The King Killer Chronicles, the Patrick Rothfuss books. Of course, he, he's supposed to have three. Because Lin-Manuel Miranda is like a huge yeah. Patrick Rothfuss fan, I'm pretty sure. At least yeah. he, he I think he said one of the songs, like the story of tonight, is sort of loosely based off of a scene in a in a yes. Rothfuss. Yes. He said something like that. I've yes. never read mm-hmm. any Rothfuss, but I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, and there's all sorts of like other like rumored things of various different, you know, like Seven Eves, like that Neil Stephenson book, which is like my least favorite of his books, which is like whatever. 
It's a um, weird. Um, oh, I haven't, I haven't read that one. I've read most of Neil Stevenson's books, but not that one. Um, well, I did get his new one, so I'll see how that is. Uh, mm-hmm. The, uh, the supposed Lies of Locke and Lamora was optioned, but uh, it doesn't mean anything's happened with that, just because. Right. Yeah. You know, all that means is basically that the rights were picked up, but whether or not it will happen, I don't know. Dragon Riders, a pern was uh, bought, well, had rights bought, but I mean. I don't know. A lot of these things are just like, will something happen? Who knows? Because most, a lot of these things just fall through the cracks because yeah. everyone wants to be the next Game of Thrones, and Game of Thrones is going to be ending in like two years. So people want to get out there, and I think you know American guys is trying to do that. So I think finally we can get into like the whole magicians thing. Now I have read the Magicians, which is the Lev Grossman's book series. Which is right. kind of like the kind of sort of like the what if Narnia was real but kind of awful, and what if <laughs> what if instead of Harry Potter kids going to boarding school they go to essentially college, and it's all kind of adults so they all bang each other, and take magical drugs and you know have problems blah 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 you know sexual assault you know all the fun stuff associated with an adult version of Harry Potter. In the show, they go, they age up people more to make it easier. They make it essentially a magical grad school. Right. You know, it makes it easier because then you can just, you don't have to worry about having like really young people. And it's just like, there's enough college stuff out there. So they go a little bit further, uh, which I thought was a fair choice. Um, and anyway, so the the first season I kind of liked, but it was a, a little bit messy. Uh, and I really did like the second season a lot. One of the things okay, I, so let me let me just let me just let you know I haven't seen the second season yet because I'm watching it on Netflix and uh, okay. Netflix doesn't have the second season. All right. Hopefully soon. But um, but I did. I mean, I've read all. There's three books. I've read all the yeah. books and I watched the whole first season. Uh, so you saw the point where they go to the you know Narnia-ish, you know, other worlds part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you see the part where yeah, he where the last where she calls last couple of episodes. Where she calls her by the wrong name, Margot. Yes. Right? Yeah, and that was—I thought that was clever. And they kind of—I don't want to say what happens, but in the second season, they—they they go a little bit further with some of that kind of stuff. Uh, and I—I I, I appreciated a lot of the things they did with the magicians. That was—I assume that was like they were like basically openly acknowledging they're like, yeah, we changed some things from the book. This is like a different version of the story, but like because they had that whole idea yeah. of like this being like a time loop that happens over and over again and there's mm-hmm. like differences so like that's a know, clever way like, to do it right right so this is like a, the same story but like a little bit different like it's always a little bit different each time it happens yeah i like that perspective so that's, that's a cool idea um right I, and it was cool how she called her by the wrong name i do like you know the like the uh the guy um appleman uh and summer Bishop, the, the guy who plays la you know the two sarcastic characters they're 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 pretty good. They're they're like, sorry, wait. you know, the two sarcastic characters in the magicians. You mean um, Elliot? Yeah. Elliot, you're talking about Elliot and um and Margo? Yeah, right. They're the two like they're the ones who are like they're not like quite like the main characters, but they're like friends with them, so they're always around. Yes. Right. Yeah. No, they're awesome. Yeah, and they're gonna in the second season also they basically enhance a lot of the other characters. They give them a lot of their own storylines and stuff. I think it's, uh, you know, I like that. 
Uh, it's, so it's interesting because it's not like a hugely successful ratings wise, but it's pretty good considering what it is, which is on Sci-Fi Network. Which... Right. Well, the Sci-Fi Network does not have like a great reputation. Yeah. For like for shows for producing original shows, mm-hmm. but like they have made a couple of decent shows recently. Um, I mean that's one of them. I'm I'm also a big fan of Dark Matter, which isn't actually a sci-fi original show it's actually a canadian show that was um produced by the space channel but it was done like in connection with the sci-fi channel in america but anyway um but but i do think that that sci-fi is like really you know getting a little better at like Mm -hmm. producing like quality shows and like the magicians so here's the thing like i want to talk about the magicians in the context of american gods because they're both like books that i read and i liked the books and then they were made into tv shows and the mm-hmm. TV shows depart from the books in substantial ways, and you know, in both cases. But the for the magicians, it was a show that I really enjoyed, despite the fact that it departed from the books in a way that, like, it's kind of the opposite of like the American American Gods, which I did not like specifically because of the way it departed from the book. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for instance, the the magicians, the book is really like about like how the characters are all like aimless and and like directionless and they're just like looking for you know just anything to do with their lives like they don't know what to do mm-hmm. um even though they're like oh we're gonna go to this magical school and it's gonna be awesome and then they like learn magic but then they're like so what do we do now yeah and like the only reason they end up going to like the magical narnia land is because they're like oh we've just like found something to do let's go and they just like go like without any plan without any particular idea on the show it's like totally different on the show, there's this whole, like, plot about how, like, the main character, Quentin, is, like, you know, he's, like, this powerful evil guy is, like, trying to kill him for reasons that we don't really understand, and he's, like, trying to escape and survive, and, like, all the characters are, like, afraid. This The villain, his name is, he's called the Beast. Like, they all think the Beast is, like, coming to get them and kill them, and so, like, they have to try to kill him. It's, like, it's so different. And yet, I don't know, it's just really fun. There's something about it that, like, that appeals to me. And and there's, like, there is some, like, sort of trashy, like, you know, um, like, they're not in high school, but that kind of, like, high school drama-ish stuff with, like, relationships and, like, people, like, um, you know, dating and then, like, breaking up and then having sex with other people and then being mad at each other and stuff. And, like, that's in there, too, and it's, like, a little bit cheesy, but it's also fun. There's something I don't know. Maybe it's just that um, I haven't I haven't quite gotten to that point in American Gods where I feel like what's happening is fun, other than yeah. the character of of Mr. Wednesday. Like he is fun, mm-hmm. and like I enjoy watching him and I want to see him on the screen and like you know. But like for the most part, American Gods just seems like like you know they're not they're not particularly. They, they like the hook for American Gods the show is like oh there's like a mystery and like crazy things are happening and like you're trying to figure it out and like you know what's happening to Shadow and why is he involved in all this but like they it doesn't at least in the first couple of episodes it doesn't seem like they're like you should watch the show because it's like fun to watch and like things are happening that you like enjoy seeing on the screen and like the magicians I think has a very different idea of like what it's trying to do to appeal to an audience where it's saying like and the magicians also have some like fucked up stuff that happens like really like like dark messed up you know violent gory things that happen but that's fine because at the same time it's also like 
you enjoy watching the characters and you know and like interacting with each other and like learning stuff and like um you know making jokes mm -hmm. like hardly anyone on american gods ever makes a joke you know or is like like snappy or witty or anything um so it's it's just um i mean i think it's certainly aiming lower like i wouldn't call the magicians prestige tv in the way that i think american gods is trying to be but i also think that it's like better than than a lot of people probably give it credit for and that it's it's probably like not too many steps below that mm -hmm. that's my take i don't know okay. jeremy like like what do you think because you also have like read the books and watched the show and like you but you liked american gods um, and you obviously like magicians enough to watch two seasons of it. So. Well, I think um, uh, I think American think? Gods is a better book mm -hmm. than any of the magicians' books. Okay. But I think even Lev Grossman would be easily willing to tell you that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, he, I'm sure he would say that Neil Gaiman is one of his influences because I'm pretty sure yeah. it is. Oh, of course, of course. Uh, mm -hmm. But you know, that being said, I feel like it took less time for the magicians to figure out what they wanted to do than it has for American Gods. Yeah, and maybe one of the problems is also just that America, like you're dealing with something, you know, American Gods is very heavy and complex, and it's and it's it's kind of weird, and it's but it's not just weird for weird sake. Like again, Neil Gaiman is a masterful writer, so it's like you're you're. It's a difficult thing to pull off. So it's like, so I think maybe that's part of it is that is that it's like Sam, you were saying like it's not fun in the same way, and it's not supposed to be a fun book necessarily. Some got right, but some I mean, I'm not there. talking about but, the book here because like the I liked the book and I enjoyed it, no, and no, no, it's, no, no, you know, no. it, it, the book holds me in a no, way that no, the no, show no. doesn't. That, 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 that's, that's, that's sort of my point. What I'm saying yeah. is that is that is that you know it's American Gods. I mean, first of all, they have a difficult task, but it's also like. You know, it's like they're trying to show the drama uh, of it and the weird intrigue, but it's like also they have this whole kind of like cool aesthetic-ish weird like 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 kind of like you said like the sort of David Lynch thing um, going on at the same time, and it's not necessarily really clicking with kind of the the sort of understated drama and weirdness of you know the American God story or the original one. You know, mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense, but like. Um, I, I think, I think that's why, so I mean, something, I, again, I haven't read or seen Magicians, but it still sounds like it's, it's simpler to grasp. Not that it's, uh, a, like a, like a stupidly simple story, but that it's sort of similar. Like, like Neil Gaiman has so many layers to what he's doing. So it's like, it's, it's, it's just difficult to, I don't know, it's difficult to take on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm willing to give the show credit to try something better in yeah. the second season because i feel yeah, like i good. saw the potential there and there's enough i liked about it that i think you're talking about, i'm sorry jeremy you're talking about american gods here? i am yes okay yeah so basically i think that because of that i'm sort of like i said i'm willing to give it some kind yeah. of slack me too yeah it's just very different and it's such a difficult thing to do I mean, the truth is, is it as good of an adaptation as the first season of Game of Thrones? No, no. it is not. No. Game of Thrones first season is still their best season. Yeah, uh, I think and, so. and, and in retrospect, I think that's definitely proven, at least to me, to be the case. And 
Although a lot of people like many of the other seasons more, I think they're wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> I mean, I, like I mean, I, I think there's, yeah. I think there's an argument to be made that the fourth season might be better than than the first season. But I really liked the first season. Like, I would not, I would not argue with you about the first season being really good. Ah, so good. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I mean, there are definitely things I very much enjoyed in a lot of things. It's just like the fact is, you know, is that so much was so correct. You know, the mountain was the best for sure. And I don't want to get into a huge rant about that because I know it's not their fault about that one. <laughs> but, you know, uh, Sean Bean was so good and, yeah. as, you know, it says basically it's about as perfect casting as you can get. You know, I mean, Mark Addy as Robert was really good. And it's just basically like, even though there's a lot of little things here and there that are like, well, you can look back and rewatch and be like, well, that didn't... Uh, but the truth is, you can nitpick as much as you like. I just thought it captured it so well and it captured people so well and not everyone knew game of thrones in the same way but there's a reason that became like a cultural thing american gods is definitely interesting and they want it to be the next game of thrones but that's that is something like that's going to happen it's too yeah. confusing it's too yeah. and it he doesn't <laughs> and the show is not making it easy to understand either you know they are intentionally yeah. putting in you know, things that are like, what is going on here? And in a way, I'm fine with that because I don't mind challenging media, especially because right. I, I actually know what they're talking about. But that, all that again being said, I feel like, you know, it's just not going to hit those heights. You know, part yeah. of it is I do think, in a weird way, the amount of time that they had to look at Game of Thrones, the first book, was more. They had, you know, a few more years that it was out there. And they, there was more of a time to really think about it. Think about what would work and what wouldn't work. And I think it really right. and also, I mean, work. Game of Thrones, while it is, like, a very big, complex story, it's also still a much more straightforward story than American Gods. Mm-hmm. Um, uh-huh. So, like, I think it's a little easier to translate that and just to have, like, mass appeal. Um, yeah, you know, it's just like, large in scope, but it's but it's not, it's not like, a, yeah, you're right, you're right. It, 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 it's still a linear story. Exactly. And, yeah. yeah. Like, I mean... I mean, I, I, and I do think that, um, you know, American Gods is not trying for that, like, Game of Thrones audience. Like, in the sense of, like, they're, like you said, Jeremy, they're never going to be that big of a hit. Like, because they're, it's just not that kind of property. But I think they're going for, for something that's a little bit more, like, offbeat. Like, you know, like, um, you know, I mean, Brian Fuller was, was a showrunner on Hannibal, right? Yes. Like, Hannibal was never going to be, like, the biggest hit on no. TV. But it, it had its core audience of people who were like, wow, this is, like, a cool show. This is a weird show. It's different from other shows. Like, American Gods... No one like you know. I mean, even even though I didn't like it that much, like I would never deny. Like this is a this is a show that's trying to do something different, right? You know, and like that, and I respect that, and I admire it. And at the same time, like it's never going to be super mainstream popular, even as much as Game of Thrones, which which itself is like a little bit off the beaten path. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but it's it's more. I'm trying to think of like another example of a show that like was, like, intentionally trying to do... I don't know. I guess, like, it goes back to Twin Peaks again, right? <laughs> like, I know. mean, I never saw it, so it's really hard for me to, to feel like a, yeah, uh, uh, 
an understanding. I've only seen a little bit of it. Twin Peaks. I've watched a few episodes. I haven't seen the whole thing. I mean, I'm, I'm aware of how weird original. it is. I'm talking about the original Twin Peaks, not this, not the remake. It's not a remake. It's, it's a, a follow up, but yeah. Or follow up. It'll, it'll be it'll be interesting to see though, like if they're you know you say what's the next game? I mean, sometimes it's always just problematic anyway because. At the end of the day, most of the time, things that are trying to be like the next thing usually are are failures, and then whatever that little su- subgenre is gets really bad for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's kind of how these things go. But like, it would be interesting to see. I don't know if it'll happen or not. If like one of the next big fantasy hits is a contemporary fantasy thing. I mean, again, Stranger Things has been big, and horror I think is technically in the fantasy genre, but it's but it still is kind of a different thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's not like people are like with Stranger Things, like oh, this is the this is like the new Game of Thrones or this is the new fantasy. It's more like here's this awesome, um, here's this awesome like like a uh, horror sort of throwback show that that's actually yeah. really awesome. I feel um, like there actually is a possibility in the world of American Gods to have like a really expansive universe, just because it's such it is a it is a right. really great idea but i don't know it's it's tough uh, i i would like to see a really good you know next season that's like you know more mature really understanding of what it needs to do and that, you know that's what i'd like to see um and i i think they could do it you know we'll see I, 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 I feel like it could be all right. I mean, listen, Sam, if you feel like you can't finish watching it, that's fine. I think that it's not really a big deal. Either way, there's plenty of things out there that you probably will like better. You know, right. I, you know I mean, I, it's funny because I really just reread American Gods right before this came out. So mm. er, everything was just like, Oh yeah, obviously that's what this is, and that's what this is, and that's what this is. It made it really easy, and maybe yeah. you know, maybe like you know, the further away you get, and I I did feel like it's really inaccessible to new people. Yeah, uh, I think and, that is true. I think at the end of the day, it kind of is. Like I I don't know. Like I mean, I've seen people post about it where they say it's really good. This is earlier on in the season. I have seen you know, posts like saying like, oh, this is really good. And maybe there are some people who think, who think it's really, who think it's really cool. I don't know if these people posting it had, had, uh, had read it before or not, but like, uh, you know, it, it, it does seem a little impenetrable. Yeah. Like to, to a certain extent and you got to do a lot of stuff in your mind. And again, that's kind of the thing with it being a novel. You can make these connections in your mind. Um, and it's, and that can be kind of the fun of it. Uh, to a certain degree, and it gets you in this sort of state, but it's you know mm-hmm. it's hard to really translate. All right, we just, we just need a, a Gene Wolf show. We need a Wizard Knight. <laughs> we need a Wizard Knight like trilogy. Well, now you're just um, like you just you really want to get. <laughs> if you think American Gods is hard to understand. <laughs> no, we're like I don't know. And, 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 who would and, all right? But who would play? We need a Aronofsky. we need a Netflix original <laughs> manga version. Uh, of... Gene Wolfe's The Wizard Knight. Uh, Darren Aronofsky, I mean, that is a good choice. But, again, 
Who's gonna Who's gonna green light this show? It's gonna be so bizarre. The people are gonna watch the first episode at the studio, and they're like, "No, no." <laughs> it's like I don't. Under- and then maybe Darinowski will just like spit in their face. And he's like, "You don't understand it." That he wants he wouldn't spit in their face. He would just look down and be like, "All right." I guess you he's just don't understand man. it. And this is the next fountain, maybe even the next Noah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. All right, I think we should. You and I love it, Jeremy. I think we should uh, wrap it up. You know, we've had a good discussion. I think we all agreed that American Gods is not perfect. Some of us like more things than other people did, but uh, it's it's the thing that I'm gonna say, like you know. One of the funny things about a lot of these Star Trek shows is they often took a little while to get going. And Brian Fuller, is a, you know, that's how he started. He started on Star Trek. So maybe it's just going to be a similar thing. I mean, I think Voyager had one of those sort of like, it went up and down a lot. Uh, so I think he's, there, it, there's definitely going to be some fanatical fans of this show. But we'll see. Um, you know, I'm reasonably optimistic. All right, anything else uh, post-mortem to throw up before we sign off, guys? Uh, no, I'm, I'm good. All right, well, guys. Benji, anything? Bench, Sam, nerd you later. Nerd you later. Nerd you later.